The World Series starts tonight, which means in the next five to nine days, the offseason finally begins. We've got some bold predictions, and we're going to talk about a team that is in coaching hell. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself with the purchase of a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at Jace Medical. That's jasemedical.com. We have a lot going on today. We got a mailbag. We got more manager talk. We've got, you know, uh, all sorts of interesting things. Coaching. It's uh, the question. I think the big question, well, two uh i have my own mailbag question for you that i specifically didn't tell you about this is our our last our our last show before all the kids go trick-or-treating this weekend so this is a a three choice question when it comes to halloween do you have a favorite scary movie an underrated scary movie or are you just not a scary movie type of person and everyone else respond in the comments below to the same question Ooh. I think I'm more into the classics. Like up until Halloween, just got way over the top. Like if you saw the last Halloween movie, it was it was ruined. I I don't know. I always did enjoy the Halloween movies. It was just it's ridiculous, but I uh, I do enjoy a classic. What about you? Yeah, uh, you know I've I've always had a place for that uh, Clive Barker films in general. Um, I like Hellraiser. I- like Lord of Illusion is kind of maybe my underrated one or, or Pandorum is a movie that most people hate that I love. Uh, it's, it's like one of those movies that's like rotten tomato, but I know a bunch of people who love it. Uh, underrated gem in my opinion. I, I like, you know, I just went on a Friday the 13th binge uh, as a, as a nine year old, my dad showed me uh, nightmare on Elm street and, and just terror terrorized me. I mean, that, that was, that was, um, let's just say those are not appropriate movies for a nine-year-old to watch. That that might have that's uh, one of those seminal events of my youth. But uh, I know I do enjoy them now. But I thought I could have we should have some fun with that because you know this weekend uh, terrible weather, chance of snow up here where I am, and uh, all the kids will go trick or treating in that because you now go trick or treating the Sunday before, and it's when there's still light on. Much different than uh, when you and I were a kid, where it's like. You go out at night, the night of. Who cares if the you have to go the next yeah, the day? Of, yeah. Who cares if there's uh, no no reflectors or lights in your neighborhood? You just got to dive out of a, car's ways. A monsoon, yeah. I yeah. Every year I remember if it rained. It usually rained. Had a, had a plastic sheet draped over me, some kind of garbage bag. So I'm like, cool, I don't really have a costume. I just have a garbage bag over me because it's raining again. Because that, that, that was most Ohio's. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I feel like you'd have a costume and then your trash bag over you. Um, speaking, speaking of, of trash, trash bags, bags and dumpsters, get <laughs> the same thought. Oh, things in Yankee Land are, are very interesting. This is this is why I think we always preach about look, not everything's not perfect in Cleveland. Let, let's be honest about that. It's not like we're sitting here saying the Guardians have it figured out and they're the most successful franchise ever. Obviously, that's not true. But I, I think a lot of people don't realize is that. It's not just like the hitting coach takes care of all the hitting and the pitching coach takes care of all the pitching. Like 
yes, that's their main duty, and they're like the main person that interacts with their their group of players. But everything in the in organizations now is done from a top to bottom approach. So the story we're referencing, we I think we talked about a little bit yesterday, was yeah. the athletic story where certain veterans like Sean Casey, former Cleveland Indians prospect, barely uh, was barely a Cleveland Indian, um, but he wasn't teaching the younger guys what they learned in the minors. And then there was not a whole lot of communication between whether or not he's going to be brought yeah. back. And there so was got blamed for younger player show. regression, even though. Yeah. And this is a guy not, who came into New fair. York. Yeah. And, and he didn't start the year with them. He came into the, the, the season halfway through the year with them. And the, the most of the offense was flailing. I mean, I don't know what you expect Sean Casey to do with, with uh, Franchi Cordero outside of playing Cleveland or Jake Bauer, all, you know, all this stuff. But I think the point is, like, I can name five or six guys in, the, in an organization who works with hitters in Cleveland that weren't Chris Valeka. So my point is here, it's not all just on one guy. Like, the message, what's happening in New York was, like, he wasn't teaching the younger guys the same thing they learned in the minors. Because not everyone's on the same page. You're bringing in a guy halfway through the season to try to change things because you, the offense is failing and you have a $200 million payroll. And we talked yesterday about, you know, $200 million is a bike communication. But I think, I don't know how, how many people realize that this is a, a team approach. You've got uh, a hitting coordinator, you've got minor league coaches. And it's why everybody, it's important for everyone to be on the same page when you, when you're doing this. So no matter how much money you spend, you know, I think I've said multiple times, I don't think the manager is the most important thing because you got to have the talent for them to manage. It's when the talent doesn't live up to expectations is when you start looking at your coaching and managing like San Diego. So I think, I think people just don't realize how many people are involved in these processes, not just hitting coach, working with hitters and pitching coach. There are like five and maybe it's too many cooks in the kitchen. Maybe it is, but I don't think you realize how many people are involved in the process. And it's not just the guy you see or hear about on a day to day basis working with his, his specific group. No, I agree. And I think one of the things in general with this whole story is, is one, it's, it's the humor of Yankees fans in, in one level. I lived in New York for six years, got to hear a lot of complaining in my time there. And this whole idea that like, oh, Steinbrenner doesn't spend anymore, that this is the, the, the cheap Stein. This is still a team, by the way, uh, if we have any Yankees fans listening, you're not picking 16th. I know it says that on Tankathon, you're picking 26th. Uh, because you're following that because you're one of two teams. The Mets and Yankees are the only two teams that were 30 million over the luxury tax. Mm -hmm. This is still a team that spends with wild abandon. Uh, now it hasn't always worked out. And, and, and here's the one bit of credit I'll give them. This team was terrible. Top to bottom at pitching development. Matt Blake was a great get for them. You look at some of the, I, since they brought him as a pitching coach, I think he changed and worked with the entire system because in the minors actually developing pitchers now. They have a pipeline, which they did not have before. So I, I think they need kind of someone in there who can help develop a top-to-bottom inclusive system. The problem is they brought in John Casey, as you pointed out, halfway through the year and given him a possible task and then fired him because they weren't happy about it. You got to pick mm -hmm. a lane, stick to it, and communicate. If communication is that terrible, we talk about you know Tito and the front office had very open communication uh, that nobody... They were at least moving in the same direction. Yeah, like and they were talking all the time. We know that they, they went through an entire second half and didn't like, hey, this isn't how we'd prefer this. 
they, they didn't feel the need to step up and be like, well, no, this is how we teach our players. We, you know, we appreciate your thought, but we'd like you to like, it's, it's like they didn't know. And that should be the worst part. Um, but you know, I, I'll be curious to see what that team does because they're already way past the luxury tax. They don't have a ton of free agents as far as I can even think about. Maybe there's someone I'm not thinking about. So let's be honest. While Yankees fans are probably expecting Otani, this could be like a bit of a boring offseason for them. Yeah, I'm not really <laughs> sure what they're going to do in New York. But you make a good point about Matt Blake because you kind of need an architect, right? Like, I like Cleveland's got director of pitching or pitching coordinator and um, they've got, you know, that's why all these roles have been created to keep guys in organizations, give them a voice and um, find ways to utilize what they're good at and, and just keep them in general and have them be a part of this. Like Ruben Niablo, who, I mean, 10 years ago, you didn't have an assistant hitting coach. You didn't have a, you didn't have a um, assistant pitching coach. You didn't have a director of pitching. There's a lot of new, new roles that got created and some of that is to keep guys but it's also there's more information than there ever has been and it's, it is a lot of voices and it can be a lot at times which is why i don't necessarily blame sean casey i blame the yankees and i think it shows you need somebody at the top you need your your i don't want to say ceos but you need you need a high level architect to draw the map or draw the schematics and you need to make sure everybody in the organization understands the plan and everybody is teaching to the same plan. And obviously Sean Casey wasn't, that's not his fault, but you know, there's many ways to fail. And when you have a $200 million payroll, and I know the Yankees were an imperfect team. Truthfully. I mean, you had Garrett Cole and they spent a lot of money on Carlos Rodon and he was hurt and they didn't have a whole lot of pitching after that this year because well, Cortez was hurt and you're playing, you know, Bowers and Franchi Cordero and Billy McKinney and whatever. The point is, half the battle is getting everybody on the same page. Whether it's your prospects, um, whether it's your coaches, whether it's you know your veterans, everybody who is disseminating information, all has to be working from the same map. I think I said that yesterday. And there's not any kind of money you can spend on players that's going to fix that. Like, I, like I said, I think the, the uh, Padres are a prime example of this. You can. You could spend all the money you want, but if everybody's not pulling in the same direction or not reading from the same set of directions, things are going to get chaotic. So that is one thing Cleveland has right. They've just got to put the money and the the, the talent on on the board with to go along with that. 100%. Uh, yeah. All right. World Series comes up tomorrow, and uh, we've got mailbag questions to get to. So let's move along. I've talked about it. Jay's case. Let's just let's do an unboxing this time with Jay's case. So when you open it up, you have right here, you have uh Azithomorat. Why am I doing this? Uh tablets. Uh, as I mentioned, here's the one that's the big one for me. This is the uh this is the uh the one that helps me with my sinus infection. This is a substitute for augmentin. You're also getting a uh Cipro substitute. You are getting a substitute for lime packs and a substitute in here for flagel. And yes, my pronunciation is terrible. The point is I have all these on hand. Now I'm prepared. And that's what Jay's case does. It allows me to be prepared. Let's say I'm going on a uh, you know a trip somewhere and I'm going to do something you know, like hiking and I can potentially get hurt because I'm old and I have bad knees. Like This is what Jay's case brings about you. It's a small case with 
a ton of antibiotics or someone like me, if we don't want to like think about the extreme example, it's also just like I get sinus infections and it's nice to have antibiotics at hand and not have to wait to see your doctor. Cause we know that's always hard to get in. It's hard to find the time of the day, take time off of work. No, instead you have a Jay's case and that can take care of the struggle, the problem for you. And it's just nice to have that on hand. So if you're curious, go to Jay's medical and enter the code locked on to check out for a $20 discount on your order. From what I understand, it's already discounted to get the medication this way. Plus, you're getting $20 off. That's promo code locked on at jsemedical.com. The World Series is here. I think it's uh, Zach Gallon and Nate Evaldi in game one. So that should be a fun pitching matchup. Listen to that on your Sirius XM app. Uh, real quickly before we get into the mailbag, who do you got, Jeff? Who who you got in the World Series? Because I'm... <laughs> I don't think either of us had the Rangers here, and I know neither of us had the Diamondbacks here. I had, uh, at the, if you go back and listen to the hidden episode that is hard to find, I had, I had Diamondbacks over Rangers in seven. That's <laughs> my hidden episode. We, we didn't um, no. push that one, did we? Huh? That's no, weird. I, I wonder how that didn't we, get out there. You know, it's you gotta. It, it was it was one of those. It's it's uh, you know it's a it's what do they call those in music when it's like the. The, the extra track or whatever, like the bootleg. It's the bootleg the edition. Bootleg, yeah. So the bootleg Lockdown Guardians I had. Uh, you know, I, here's the thing. So for me, uh, people are going to call me a virtue signaler here, but I'm going to root for the Diamondbacks because the Rangers have Chapman. And, you know, in the last round, I just, the Astros it's, are their own sets of issues. And I like Bryce quite a bit so I could balance it out. Um, but I got to root for Arizona because I don't think they have anyone problematic. Uh, but I do kind of like Texas to win it and be one of those teams that finally they've never won it. So I think Texas is going to win, but I'm hoping for Arizona. Now, last round, I hoped that Texas and Arizona would advance, but I didn't think either would. So we'll see if, if that can uh, carry through. I'm going to actually go with the Diamondbacks for, because it's, it's illogical because the, Ra- the Rangers lineup is just so deep one through nine. It's very hard to pitch them. And I don't even think Arizona has enough pitching to do it. I don't. But I didn't think Arizona had enough pitching to beat Philadelphia, and they did. Um, so if they can get past Philadelphia, I think they might have a chance to beat Texas. And this run that Arizona's on doesn't make any sense to me. So as much as I want to root for Austin Hedges to be, uh, you know, Mike Napoli party time postseason guy, I love Austin Hedges. By the way, Austin Hedges, I just learned today, his walk-up song is Fat Bottom Girls from Queen. Got to have some real stones to pull that off. That's very impressive. I, Especially I, nowadays. That's a song that I feel like <laughs> would get you in trouble. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great walk up song right there. Not a lot of guys can pull that off. So credit to Austin. I just I'd love to see Hedges get a ring, but none of this Diamondbacks run makes any sense to me. So might as well just go with them. So we'll see. Uh, speaking of the Diamondbacks, you ready to jump into some uh, some mailbag questions? Yep. Let's let's have at it. All right. Owen is going to ask a question about Diamondbacks. What similarities do you see between the Diamondbacks style of play and the Guardians, and what do you think the Guardians can learn from their success? Well, none. They they've got. I'm kidding. <laughs> next question next question um you know i don't think they are the most similar th- teams though uh honestly just with the you know the the diamondbacks are kind of built with like you know i guess kettle Marte is their jose ramirez the player that most people thought would be traded um but they managed to hold on to it's like corbin carroll and christian walker and you know i I love Josh Naylor, but Christian Walker is a tier ahead of him. 
in mm-hmm. terms of first baseman. And we don't have anyone remotely close to Corbin Carroll. Uh, as much as I love a lot of our young players, there's no Corbin Carroll's an MVP candidate is a rookie. Uh, yeah. We just don't have that. I, I wish we did. You know, they they're a very young team is kind of the analog, I think, with this. But yeah, I'm. I, I don't see too many similarities in terms of, of the build overall. The one thing I see similar, and, and a lot of this is buoyed by what Cor- Corbin Carroll did, though, is this is a team that runs a lot. The Diamondbacks have a lot of speed, and they they push it on the bases. Carroll runs well. Christian Walker still 11 bases this year, by the way. That's sneaky. Um, mm. Geraldo Padomo still 16. Jake McCarthy, I don't even think McCarthy's starting anymore for them, but he's still 26 bases, so Maybe a lot of that is is held up by guys who aren't really playing every day. But um, they're an athletic team. I mean, they don't hit a lot of home runs either. They, I think they have the least amount of home runs of anybody in base, uh, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they rely a lot on – they don't strike out a lot. They strike out a little more than Cleveland did, but they've got uh, – The rotation's three. a weakness, whereas that's a strength for Cleveland. You know, yeah. They do have – I mean, listen, their 1-2 is better than Cleveland's 1-2. But after that, it is a lot of uh, – Whereas Cleveland's overall depth beats theirs. Yeah. And the bullpen of Cleveland, I think, is stronger than Arizona's. I know Arizona, in Arizona's bullpen is Sal Frank is a guy who came up in August. Ryan Thompson was cut by Tampa in uh, August. They traded for Seawald. This is a team. It's all uh, Kyle Nelson is in that bullpen from Cleveland. You know, like this bullpen that is all. It's it's Seawald and it's, it's, um, Ryan Thompson are their big one too. It's not. It's just all slapped together. But it's 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 working. Yeah. It's working Arizona, right by the way, finished second in stolen bases here at one sixty six. Cleveland finished at fifth at one fifty one. But that's the biggest similarity is Arizona um, runs very well. Cleveland runs well. That's their their BABIPs were similar. They just they had very similar offenses. Arizona's offense had a ninety seven WRC plus. Cleveland finished ninety two. Uh, they're, I think look, they're kind of repeating what Cleveland did last year, to be honest with you. They just hit more home runs. Um, not by a lot. I mean, 40 home runs is still enough to be a big distance. But, uh, yeah, they run well, and they're they're kind of creating some of what Cleveland did last year, and they've gone a little bit further with it. Uh, real quick note here, too. Someone asked about the Owen Miller trade and said that we never got an announcement on that. There was no announcement of the trade, but uh, MLB has a rule that if there is no – um, player to be named later agreed upon. I think it's I think it's sixty days or what or six months, whatever it is. Um, I think it's it's something with a six. Whether yeah, I'm not sure which one of those it is, but it defaults to cash if uh, decisions not made. That was from our good buddy a while ago. Told me that Andrew Kinsman. So uh, cash was the official return for Owen Miller. Jonathan, I was wondering if any Cleveland manager would sign a manager, bridge the gap until they get the guy they actually want. No, they're the guy they they're going to go after whoever they want. If they whoever they want this offseason, there's no bridge. You're not, yeah, that's not. I don't think that's a thing. Like you're you're trying to hire a guy here that you're trying to keep long term. I don't think you're you're bringing in somebody for a year and hoping someone better shows up next next offseason. That's a bad that's a bad place to put yourself in. Yeah, and here's the thing: they're competitive. The front office. You've only got so many years. We all do. Like, that's that's the truth of it. We are all dying at all times. You know, we can get really dark on this. It's something my students love to bring up. Like, technically, you're always dying. Um, but you only have so many years to run a team. 
this team is good enough to contend for a wild card. And as we've seen again this year, anything can happen in the postseason. They're not going to just sign a guy to stand plate, stand in place. Like it's, you're not going half measures. It doesn't make any sense to. It's the same thing when I see people, um, you know, who get conspiracy theories about the draft and like not signing a player and, and kicking a picked out. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense to do it. No, it's a waste of time, and yeah. it's just a bad, it's a bad way to set up your your team, hoping that uh, you're going to find someone better <laughs> next year. Then, then you're changing the voice, you're changing the staff because there's going to be a lot of co- there could be a lot of coaching changes that come in with a manager too. We don't know who's going to stay and who's going to go. I and mean, only Preller but, does this. Yeah, only Preller. Yeah, and there's no guarantees. If you bring another manager on next year, then you know, guess what? He might want to change a lot of things too. You can't. It's it's not healthy. Look at the Cleveland Browns. How often they change coaches, right? Not healthy. Continuity is, is is continuity is doesn't always answer your problems, but it can eliminate some problems when you're trying to make up on the margins. All right, more questions here in just a moment. Thanksgiving just around the corner. Do you want a free Thanksgiving dinner? I love Thanksgiving, so uh, if I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, all the good stuff. Um, I bought it is here to give you cash back and help make your Thanksgiving table complete. Who wants turkey without the gravy? Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, I bought it is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem everything you want to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you got to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt to Ibotta. So download the Ibotta app now. Use code MLB to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting on November 1st. That's next week. Believe it or not, that's unbelievable. Uh, just to start, just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use our code MLB to get 100% off your uh, Thanksgiving dinner purchases. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play Store and the App Store and make sure you use our code MLB. And then make sure you listen to all the World Series action starting today on your Sirius XM app. I uh, recently got Sirius XM in my car, so I will probably be using that at some point when I do drive. My wife has it in hers. I'm 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 a big podcast guy, so I am too. But uh, the XM is, is is pretty nice. I have to say, there is radio. Radio is awful. It's, I'm just going to be honest with it you. Really radio is. is I have not listened to I have not listened to radio in a very 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 long time. I I, I shouldn't say it's dying. It's not going to go away, but it's not good. It's not great. No, it's not great. Uh, Outside of like Christmas time, where my daughter's like Christmas music. Uh, That's about the only time I have the radio on. I'm not going to go. My opinion's there. I might get uh, forced off the air if I give you. I've got I've got a six year old. So uh, yeah, I hear you. you. That's the perfect age to be all about Christmas all the time. Yeah, at least someone can still enjoy it. Before they get no, cynical and old like us, uh, user PF, would you like to speak in the cynical? Would you who would you like the Guardians to get for next year? Bellinger or Soda? One can dream. Yeah. All right, I guess if you're picking one of those two, who are you picking? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's Soto. If you can only get one, it's Soto. There's no if, ands, or buts. We, Bellinger had a nice rebound, but there's still a world where that's just a dead cat bounce year that he goes back to some of his struggles. I know. He could be better, but and he was pretty bad the last two years. There's a reason why the Dodgers, you know, let him go instead of holding on to him when he still had team control left. I, I know part of that was because he got expensive. Um, I know you're then trading defense if you do it that way, but I, I'm going to go for like a top three hitter. For me, that's that's 
that's where I'm going. If we're really dreaming here, the guy I'm going for is, is Shohei Otani. That's the guy you're going for. Forget those two. I don't care about yeah. defense at all. I want the guy who's but, pitching. I want the guy we've never well, he's seen not before. Kid. Yeah, if you can't, if he's not pitching next year, though, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm still in. You're still in on him. Yeah, he's a better hitter than both of them, and he might come back and pitch in the next year. So why not? If we're really dreaming here, I want to go big. Uh, Max wants to know who our favorite selection is to replace Tito as manager. I think I would not be shocked if by the next time we do a podcast, maybe not, maybe not Monday. Sometime then I think sometime next week there's gonna be a manager. Um do you have I don't know, is your favorite selection among the guys they've they've talked to that they've talked to or just in general? I think we should go with like guys who they've talked to. So it's gonna be uh Craig Albernez just for awkwardness for lulls. Um no, I think it might actually be Andy Green. Listen, Stephen Vogt could be great. I, I think Andy Green uh got hosed with the Padres. Uh, the Cubs have been a really good success story for the most part. And they've done, you know, an underrated aspect with that team has been the development of hitters like, you know, Patrick Wisdom and Ian Happ and some guys who were not the strongest hitters or struggled beforehand. And you know, he's been the bench coach for that. He's been there to see how they've done that. So I, I think he might be the one actually like the most right now because of he's got the experience. And I know we can save that debate for another day. But he's got a good experience. He's come from an organization with a history of some recent hitting success. I think I'm torn between McCullough and Vote. I think I like, McCullough is my two, and Vote is probably my three. I mean, I think Council for me. I don't know. I I, I want to say maybe Council's my number one, but I'm not. I'm not really sure. I'm there yet with him. I like I like the idea of McCullough just because of his background and the uh what he's probably learned in LA but I think there's something interesting about vote and he kind of feels like he has some Tito qualities and he's also worked with um disseminating information in terms of advanced scouting reports and analytics in that bullpen coach slash um quality control role like that's those are important things so um yeah I'm I'm thinking those two are my one A and one B. I think I just think Council's off the board. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not sure. If I really feel this is. Legit. I mean, Cleveland. They, the report yesterday we talked about did say Cleveland has requested permission to talk to him. I don't think that part's made up. No, it just depends. But they're, on whether I mean, they're casting as wide of a net as possible, and you might as well. Which they should be, but I mean, we just don't know if they're a yeah. stalking horse or not. So yeah, Vote and McCullough are my one A and one B, and I can be, I can be flipped either way on them to tell you the truth. All right, this is my favorite question of the mailbag. I will say we shouldn't pick favorites, but this is my favorite one. Our buddy Lamole, one Guardians offseason bold prediction. I don't know what counts as a bold prediction because I was going to ask you, Jeff, does trading – I don't think I don't think saying Shane Bieber is going to be traded is bold. Like, I don't think that's a fair fair thing to say is bold. So what is your bold prediction for the offseason? Let's take Shane Bieber off the board because a lot of people think that's going to happen. So it can be for any part of next year. It's just, oh no, it's it's an off season. Just this winter, okay. just this winter. I, I had a bold prediction when I read that the first time and now it won't work. And it's a, uh, I guess I'll save that. I have a bold prediction for this season in terms of a contribution. Um, my bold prediction is that they will hire a manager. Jeff, you are is so that? bold. So bold. You, um, bold. Uh, you, you go first and come back around. Cause I had a bold prediction for, 
for a player contributing this year. And now I, I have to change my mind because I totally, okay. I couldn't read. Uh, it's fundamental, uh, but not to me. Uh, <laughs> apparently based on, based on recent track records, I'm going to say that I, I think I've, I've, this isn't the first time I've said this, but I think they're going to trade George Valera. They've, they've traded players similar to him and this would be selling him low. So I'm not sure they'll do it because I don't think his value has ever been lower, but and they and right field's wide open because they have no idea who can play right now. But I would not be surprised if they trade George Valera. That's my bold prediction. Um, mine's going to be that they waive Oscar Gonzalez at some point this offseason. That when they're trying to figure out rosters in space, you know, we've already talked about the guys who feel like there's a good chance they're going to be let go. Uh, his name has not kind of you're uh, you're italicized with that <laughs> one. You are underlined. You are strike through font. So I one. think. You know, I think uh, Will Brennan had his ups and downs, don't get me wrong, but he also had the second best outs above average of any right fielder in baseball. Uh, if they don't trade Valera, he's got to get reps. You might see some more, you know, I, I see a world where you end up with, Can I, I'm going to piggyback on this bill question. I see a world where uh, it, you end up with both Arias and Rokia winning. And a world where Rokio is your shortstop and Arias is an outfielder. Like we saw last year, they might try to transition one of those guys to the outfield this off season with the time and the ability. I wouldn't be shocked if they feel like that is the most successful way to get hitters in the lineup. So. Yeah. Bill's question is, uh, is start is having a competition in spring training for a shortstop, a good idea. And if the loser will be um, automatic trade bait, I think if Arias loses the competition, if there is a competition in spring training, which I think it is a bad idea because you don't really learn much about who is your best fit to play 150 games at shortstop based on 12 spring training games. Like it's not a good idea. So there's got to be more to it than that. But I think if Arias wins, Rokio is doing something else or he's in AAA. But if Rokio were to win, quote unquote, win, Arias does become trade bait, I think, because uh, there's nowhere for him to go backwards. But there is still just, time for Rokio. To I don't know AAA. what the trade value is for a guy who can't make their way through. Yeah, I just don't see a pathway for him if uh, – I mean, maybe there's the outfield option, but I just I, – I see a harder pathway for him if he doesn't win the shortstop job, quote-unquote. And we'll finish up real quick with Glenn. What do we need to fix to start hitting lefties? Is it organizational development, punting on it to win against righties? Is it – it's ugly and the cheat code is known, so how do we fix it? It's To me, it's platooning. It's uh, I, I have to look and see what our, our the numbers were for last year against lefties. I don't – I feel like it wasn't as bad as people think. Like, I feel like they hit lefties f fairly decently. I don't think it was that disastrous. It's, it's better than it was in years past. Um, and I think my, I think my solution is platooning. I think you have, you've got guys like Ramon Laureano. You have guys in your roster that can do it. You've just got to make David Fry. Those are two guys right there that hit lefties very well. Um, mm. Just leverage your best guys. Like you have options to hit lefties and do that kind of stuff. Just make sure you're leveraging it. And, and what is it organizationally? It's that they draft left-handed hitters. Like, let's also be honest about that. You go to face more or they trade for. Them. I know, and it's it's a smart way to go. But it's also they, you know, Manzardo lefty, Valera lefty, Delotter lefty, Verafi Velasquez lefty. Uh, it, it's Jake Fox lefty, Jose Tana le left. Like this team, Khalil Watson trade for lefty. That's and it's smart because it's was it eighty-one percent of the at bats are against lefties. So it's logical. But that is part of the reason you can't hit them is is it often takes longer for 
you know, lefties. 83, lefties. 83 WRC plus against lefties last year, 92 as a team. So a nine point split. It wasn't big. They were just bad in general. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you to the Rangers fans who've been jumping in. We appreciate the bump. Uh, make sure that you are, edges. make sure you're joining in uh, every day and checking out all of our stuff. Thank you for all you do and go, go guardians go.